to him. This was not some far off idea. Jesus was a real man. He walked the earth for real. They witnessed his miracles for real. They listened to his teachings for real. And all the stuff that was recorded really happened. And they just couldn't connect it. And now, having come to this point, as Sister Jean Marie brought out, there are babes that don't even really know what they're asking for, but they understand enough to say, something isn't right. right. We've got to get this together. So they're even asking now, what must we do? Right. Sister Chapman? Sister Chapman? Okay. Okay, we can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes, perfect, perfect. Hmm. Okay. So that was so good. Oh my gosh. I never <laughs> even thought. Of the fact that that you said three three years three years yeah. training, training with Jesus Christ Himself, yeah. Then forty days experience Him on a whole nother level in His glorified body, mm -hmm. and they weren't even ready until they had the Holy Spirit. Wow. Yes, yeah. until they had the Holy Spirit, that indicates. No, be quiet. That indicates why it is so <laughs> important to have the the, the, nece the necessary the necessities or yes, having the Holy Spirit. It is so necessity. crucial. Yeah. And I have a scripture for the uh, for the um, the uh, question from earlier. Mm -hmm. And it's also fine on Acts. We haven't gotten there yet. But the Bible says in <laughs> Acts 19, it says, And he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? Ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John barely baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto people that they should believe on him, which should come after him that is on Christ. Mm -hmm. But John baptized the water. Y'all thought that was one. You know what I'm saying? Water. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> yes, you can um, be saved. You can be baptized. But I think the whole purpose of staying all through, like, you need to repent, you need to be baptized, and you need to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's available, but it's not just there. You got to take it. You mm -hmm. have to uh, receive it. So, um, yeah, I, and I, I just thought that was really good. What? And, and I'm glad you didn't go but so far because 19 uh, introduces us to Paul, who is an apostle, and uh, we haven't even introduced him at this point yet. Uh, but that is a very important scripture because it answers the question, can you repent and be baptized and not receive the Holy Ghost? These men at that point 
had not. They yeah. believed. They repented. They had um, John's baptism. And John told his disciples to follow Jesus. Remember, the first two to follow him were disciples of John. Mm -hmm. Andrew, being one of them, ran and told his brother Peter, listen, you got to come hear what this man is saying. And who's speaking right now? Peter. He's yeah. the one that his brother went and got yeah. because he heard Jesus and he brought him in. And now Peter is receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and telling them how to get it. But the other point that you brought out, so crucial, you must receive it. This is not just a segue for a football analogy, but just for the sake of it. You have... In football, different positions. And on the offense, you have two people who I'm going to talk about in this particular analogy. A quarterback who receives the ball and decides where it goes. He can hand it off to someone or he can throw it. And then you have the wide receivers that go out that get in position. If they follow the route that's set up, when they get to the position that they're supposed to be in... The ball many times is halfway there and all they have to do is turn around and receive it. But they have to follow the instruction and follow the route that they were given. Jesus told them to go and wait. And what did they do? They followed the route that he gave them. He, they followed the instructions so that when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in position having followed that route. And then there came from heaven a sound like a rushing mighty wind. And each one of them turned and received what Jesus had said was coming their way. And these men now are trying to find out what we have to do. And back to what Sister Jean said, what was it that they wanted? They may not even known exactly what it was, but what they did know was enough that we've got to do something about what we haven't done. We know this stuff. Remember, the rich young ruler knew the law. He knew the law and he kept it. He was a rule follower. There was nothing that anybody could point to because he comes to Jesus. It was not in a vacuum. It wasn't by himself. He was amongst people that I'm sure knew who he was. And all the things that he said, what must I do to receive eternal life? And Jesus said, follow the law. And he said, I've done that since my youth. Okay, so... When he says that, if there be anyone present that knows different, they're like, oh, your whole youth. Because I remember when nobody stood up to testify against him because he followed what was told him to do. But Jesus knew that the people knew what they heard from him and had seen and observed. But he also knew what they couldn't see and what he kept hidden even from himself. Because when Jesus exposed it, he said, if you would be perfect, sell all that you own, give to the, to the poor, and follow me. And the man went away sad because he had very much 
great possessions. Right. And what it shows too, uh, in line with what Sister Arlena brought out as far as being able to repent and be baptized and not have the Holy Ghost, there was something in the man who followed all those rules, a sense of discipline. He could discipline himself to follow the law, but not give God his heart. Because while he followed the law, he was still attached to the things of the world that he had accumulated. And how difficult was it for him to even imagine letting those things go? That's where your heart is, even if your works show something else. When the time comes and you have to put up or shut up, he walked away sad. He doesn't say he walked away sad, but yet he did it. He walked away and sadness was the end of his chapter right. in, in terms of what the Bible says about him. We don't want to get caught up in that trap. There are so many things that the world can offer that are empty inside. And there is so much that we chase after. At the end of the day, it's empty inside. Mm -hmm. If you have trouble letting go of anything, ask yourself, what is it that I'm really gaining by holding on to it? And what really am I losing by letting it go? Mm -hmm. When they were told, this is what you have to do. Repent, be baptized, and ye shall receive the Holy Ghost. He could say that to them with a, a bit of confidence. Because there's something that he could see in them that he may not have seen if he didn't have the Holy Ghost. When Jesus told people to do certain things... He did so with an understanding of what was in their heart. Later on, we're going to talk about a situation that Peter saw with a man and his wife. What was in their heart. Mm -hmm. And they had to understand, you're not lying to Peter. You're lying to the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. That's in Peter. And the evidence of it, what we're seeing right now in chapter 2. And so this is where we're introduced to a concept that we touched on in Sunday school a couple weeks ago. What was their response? 41 says, then gl they that gladly received his word were baptized. Mm -hmm. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Let's put this into perspective for a minute. Jesus gave them the instruction to wait in the upper room or wait in Jerusalem. They went to the upper room in hiding. The Holy Ghost came. Their lives were transformed. There was a boldness in them that activated all the teachings and things that they had seen. And now they have direction for it because the Holy Ghost is telling them where to go and what to say. And brought to them devout Jews who were looking and seeing and heard abroad what was going on there. And to put the number into perspective, you're talking about some people in a room. I think it was 120 of them. 
And then you got all these people hearing about what's going on and they don't know what's happening. But then Peter gives them instruction. First, he tells them what it is that's happening, ties it to the prophecy of Joel. Then he ties it to David, one that they know and recognize in terms of his authority and his position as king. And this one, the Messiah that you were looking for, this king that you were looking for, and the way you wanted him to come is not how it was pictured in your mind. Y'all wanted a, a, a warrior in a, on a white stallion with a sword in hand, but it was not to free you from the grip of the oppressive Rome, but because of the prison in your heart. Because you are in prison to sin and he's come to break you free from it. John was the, the, the one to come before him. And he prepared you for this. And they still didn't tie it together. How is he preparing you for the way for Jesus? Repent. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is what John is telling them. Repent and be baptized. Why would you go from repent, baptized, to knocking out the Romans? That doesn't even line up. It doesn't make sense. There's something else that's being addressed. And until you open your soul's eyes to see it, you're going to be looking at what everyone else is looking at. So repent. And now they're at this point and the Holy Ghost has come on them. And the people are seeing this. And now they want to know what they need to do. And he tells them to go uh, repent, be baptized, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it says that they gladly received his word. They didn't fight against it. They received his word and were baptized that same day. 3,000 souls were added in one day. 3,000 souls. But it, is, it doesn't stop there. They continued steadfastly in the, uh, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. This is not to be confused with, oh, they were scared, the apostles are coming. There's a fear that is healthy. And God speaks on that. Fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there's no want to them that fear him. Mm -hmm. Fear also can be used interchangeably with reverence, depending on mm -hmm. the, the, the um, context that you're using it in. And there was a great reverence of what was going on and a fear to see how great. And, and we talk about terrible works is not awful. Terrible is, is so amazing. huge, amazing, the things that are happening. And they're seeing this, they're witnessing this, and they're following through. Um, and all that believed were together and had all things common. Hmm. We talked about that in, um, oh, we touched on that in Sunday school. 
all things common and why it wouldn't work today or why it doesn't work today. Right. Um, we'll, we're going to touch on that in just a moment. Sister Chapman. I'm sorry, say that again. No worries. Anyways, um, something that um was been standing out to me today when I um was studying this morning, excuse me, is when he said it's like it broke it down that they um follow the doctrine, they had all things common, they hold on, let me read it. It says that, and I just thought it was interesting, this order in which it was uh, put out, that it said that the fear came upon them, and all of them had all things common, they saw their positions. Then it says daily, wait, I'm looking for the part when it says, okay, it says they continue steadfastly in the doctrine and fellowship, mm -hmm. and in breaking bread, and in prayer. And it made me think about the church, right. because this is the first church, and the importance, and I'm like, it's interesting that they said the doctrine first and prayer last. Mm -hmm. And it was like it sandwiched in the part about fellowship mm -hmm. and breaking of bread. And it, I think it's showing why that's important. Why we don't forsake the gathering together of ourselves. Right. Because sometimes you'd be like, I don't got to go to church. I can read my own Bible. But there's a difference when you're around like-minded people. Mm -hmm. Amen. Sure. It's unwavering. Like, you're not straying from me. You're not looking for ways to... Cut around the corners and be like, well, I'm still saved, but I didn't do a little drinking. Mm -hmm. It's like you're not trying to. You are following the doctrine the way it's given, and you're around others who are doing the same thing. Right. Right. And then it said the breaking bread, and um, I mean, all of us are taking eat, eat. Well, the majority of us. Um, we talked about when Christ says He'll come in and sup with you. The whole idea of that is that the intimacy of the meal the fellowship and it's not just we're sitting down eating something. We're taking time to be together. Right. While mm -hmm. we back then they didn't have fast food. When you ate, you had a meal, you sat down. Right. Right. So I, I believe it's showing why it's important for us to be together in a fellowship mm -hmm. as a church. And then it goes on to say prayer that they did that together. It says they continued in the steadfastly in the doctrine, in fellowship in breaking bread and in prayer. Okay, you got, we, we lost you, your um, audio. Okay, I think it's, well, it's, it's muted. But that, that's a, an important point. Um, and if you notice, a lot of our church days consist of all those things uh, where we 
We come together for worship. Um, we're following a doctrine. We fellowship one with another. We sit and we eat with one another. We pray together. All those things are important. And this idea of all things common, taking all that you own, Nobody has a big house while someone else has a small house. Nobody has a load of money while other people have little. The reason why things today are the way that they are, look at the gap between the haves and the have-nots. And I'm only speaking in terms of material possessions. Right. But you can turn it around and look at those who are spiritually wealthy versus those who are barren or uh, are empty or famished spiritually. It's an interesting dynamic because all things common sounds like such a good idea. And could we make it work? In order for that to happen, you got to be of one mind. And if one person has an idea of what we got to do with this money and someone else has another idea of what we should do with this money, then it might cause a little bit of a conflict. As we're going to look further into this as we get further down um, the road with the book of Acts. They sold, and the thing is, in, in verse 45, it talks about all the positions I'm sorry, the possessions and goods that they had, they parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple. That is monumental. This does not work if you are not on one accord. Amen. They were together in one place when they received the Holy Ghost. You've got to be on one accord if, as a church, you're going to move forward. You can't have a bunch of people going in a bunch of different directions and are not um, and are not prompted by the Spirit of God to do so. It will not work. You'll have a bunch of people trying to do what they want to do or an idea that they can remember. Uh, we talked about David wanted to build a house for the Lord. Right. Is that a bad thing? No, but it was not for him to do. It was for Solomon to do. And he was instructed uh, as such that this is how it would happen. So if David then takes the attitude, well, I said I want to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm the king. I'm going to do what I want to. Then he takes on the mindset of Solomon, uh, uh, of Saul, King Saul, who started to do things his own way. It didn't seem like a big deal at the time, but look at his end. You birth something in you that does not need to be there when you make room for it to grow. If you express a desire to do the wrong thing through your actions, then you give it space to grow and, and you give it place to set up like it can stretch out. The deceit in you and deceiving of yourself, it stretches out in you and you end up doing something down the road. That I never thought mm. I would ever, but you made it possible by giving yourself permission to be deceitful to yourself. Uh, Sister Jean Marie had your hand up.
You're on mute. <laughs> Still muted. Okay, there you go. Really? Oh, okay. It looks good. <laughs> um, no, I mean, so much plugs in. We just give God glory. Um, you know, you, you hit it on the head with even just the depiction going back to reflective David and, and that desire. You have the circumstance where, you know, he wanted what he wanted. Mm -hmm. It was a passion. It was a desire. You know, he was looking upon something. He wanted it. And, you know, it's what he wanted. The faulty in that is the fact that there's a consequence when you rush after your desires. Right, And right. so that desire, because I want what I want, is the same attitude that translates to, oh, well, then you should deserve to get what you deserve mm -hmm. and repercussions. But right. then, okay. praise the Lord, we have Christ Thank who God. is that petition for that, that sacrifice of what we deserve. You know, he deserved nothing but glory and praise because he's the one who is basically saying no i'm here for my jean marie i'm taking that he god be the glory to that mm -hmm. because he is that petition for us and so we have to you know be grateful and thankful and also take into our hearts that story that explains not to seek the desires of the heart that mm -hmm. you know it can be desperately wicked. I think we were referring to that last week because right. sometimes it can misleading mislead us. And so, you know, we have to be very careful to that. And so, um, you know, it just makes me then reflect on the fact that we do need to repent because God loved David so much. And mm -hmm. we see that. And if God, he entrusted him with so much, you know, with the kingdom and, and, all, and all of that. It's interesting that we see that God says, okay, no, David, you, you know, you're not the one. Solomon's going to be the one to, you know, get this one. And so there was a consequence for that. And so, um, and that's just one one view. But then we hear, we have the, the aspect of, okay, well, we too are sinners, you know. Mm -hmm. We all fall short to the glory. And so, right. you know, if we have that mentality of, okay, let me go upon here and just get whatever I want in life. You know, that's not the way to be. You need to be disciplined. You need to, you Amen. know, be able to have a true relationship with the Creator. You do need to have communion. You do, you do need to be around in fellowship to be encouraged and enlightened because sometimes you need, well, really all the time we need that support. And I think yeah. even when we reflect on the time period where we're at now with everything going on and COVID, you know, it's just the times are pushing us into accountability and, and realizations. And I think that we all need to take that um, to heart. We need to review that and reflect on that and, and really see where God can take us. And, and, you know, or individually, obviously, but I'm saying as a whole, we are a church. Um, we had Sister Elena, she was referencing that. And this is the early church. This yeah. is, these are the... These are, this is pretty much the blueprint. And we also sort of see here, which is interesting to reflect on, but we see God, it's like 
everything that here we are, we want this king. We we thought that he was going to be one way. He wasn't. We sacrificed him. But here God is doing something else yeah. in the midst of it at the same time. And here these saints are being revved up, getting fired mm. up. They don't even really, they don't, the comforter's coming <laughs> in just like, you know, I was giving that baby analogy like, y'all don't even know, but I got you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's coming in here and or she's coming in here, however you want to interpret that. But, you know, it's a beautiful thing, and you show you see such bewilderment in what's going on right now, and so yeah. you know I know that's a lot. I know I was that's just sort good. of going on there, guys. I'm sorry, but there's so that's much good. going on, and that's how it is. You know, it's like where do I start? So yes, commun you know communication is important, and so we also see that oh yeah, David he didn't do that. He didn't take that desire. He didn't mm -hmm. say Lord. You know, he wasn't doing none of that, and so. It's like, okay, you sort of see, again, in, in David, like, he didn't take certain things that were very important to God. You know, he didn't come to God with it. And so you also see those consequences of those kind of actions. And, um, you yeah, know, this is, this is a great study, and yeah. um, mm -hmm. I'm just grateful for it. So sorry. I know. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Okay. Praise the Lord. It, it's Lord. it is so important that we um, that we remain mindful of of the fact of what's happening right now. The um, she said the blueprint, and and I, I like that that picture because they're establishing themselves. Remember when when God brought um, the children of Israel out of Egypt, He was establishing them, and here. We're having the same type of thing. Remember, Jesus came to liberate them. And as Moses led them out of Egypt, Jesus is taking them out of sin. Both were bondages that they could not remove themselves from and needed someone to come and save them. And he came so that they can do it. Now that he's done it, he's establishing a new thing in a new order.